Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk about this uh, poll that has to do how Canadians feel about whether or not there should be an election during a pandemic. It's pretty tight with 53% looking at the Global News story. 53% want an election. Uh, and uh, 54% aren't sure because it's a pandemic, and 57% believe it would be unfair. Can you just put context to all of that for us? Yeah, um, well, clearly Canadians are are split almost uh, nearly down the middle about whether or not uh, an election is necessary. You know, the Prime Minister has received pretty good approval ratings on, on the role of the vaccine, for example, um, but Canadians may be less sure about whether um, you know, the Prime Minister has a clear mandate sort of moving forward uh, on, on, the, on the path to recovery. I think this budget tomorrow will help inform um, Canadians' opinions about whether or not the Prime Minister has a, has a clear plan. But others are saying that maybe it, it's unfair. If people are, are, are not going to feel safe going to the ballot box, going to the polls to cast their ballot, then maybe now is not uh, the best time because some people may, in fact, be excluded from participating uh, in, in the democratic process. But there is a, there's a political divide, isn't there, here, with the Liberals' support is not favoring an election, but significant percentage of Conservative voters saying, let's go. Oh, very much so. This is this is driven politically. Conservatives say, giddy up, let's go, because they want an opportunity to try to defeat uh, the, the, the Liberal government under Justin Trudeau. Uh, they are most comfortable uh, uh, with having an election during a pandemic. They're most comfortable saying that, that they will show up and and uh, and actually vote in person at the polls. So they, they have a um, few reservations. Liberals, on the other hand, are saying, well, no, now is not the right time. You know, it's a it's a pandemic. We need to, to keep uh, safety in mind. They also happen to be in government. And so I know this not that has nothing to do with poses it. John. No risk that to them. Right. So, um, you, you know, what it also suggests is that there, there could be a little bit of political backlash against the, the prime minister. Uh, from his own party members um, or, or voters, supporters, if he is seen uh, too aggressively to be sending us towards the path of, of, of an ine- inevitable election through, through a poison pill, for example, in the budget. You know, it's interesting. People don't often think about this, but sometimes your own caucus, your own party can be more troublesome to you than the opposition. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, there there are liberals who were elected with um, thin uh, uh, margins in the in the last election. Uh, they've only been around some of them for for two years, and they're saying, you know, if if I can keep my seat for longer, risk free, then why would we instigate um, an election during a pandemic? I mean, I can't think of a of a sort of worse contextual situation than the place in, in which we find ourselves today. Um, to be holding an election. Yes, it worked in British Columbia. Yes, it's worked in other places, but it, there's no guarantee. Even though the prime minister in our poll released last week, his party is ahead of the conservatives by 10 points. I mean, that that's majority territory for sure. Um, it's The pandemic is still a wild card. You know, there, there are still vaccine shortages. We're still lagging the United States of America and, and 70 or something like that other countries. It is risky despite the the vote buffer that the prime minister seems to be enjoying at present. Yeah, when the uh, when the numbers on vaccines are low and you 
find out and you hear the numbers, you compare the numbers nation to nation, population percentage to population percentage. And when we now have a greater population percentage uh, coming down with an infection than the United States, that's not good for the incumbent. That really helps the uh, the opposition forward. But let's look at the major issues. You also at Ipsos pulled what the major issues are for the next election. COVID's number one at 38 percent. I thought it would have been higher. Yeah, um, uh, but for, for a lot of people, namely conservative voters, this is, you know, if COVID is there, but it's not necessarily the underlying reason driving their vote for for conservative voters. They're looking at at the economy, for example. They're looking at, at taxation. Many are looking at issues of, of, of affordability. So, um, you know, for, for liberal voters, um, NDP voters as well, block voters, COVID is, is number one. But, you know, Tory voters are saying we can't just focus all of our time, energy, and money on, on COVID, we, we need to look at some other, other things as well. Now, I don't know how well that position is going to resonate during election time, but, you know, uh, voters are saying we need to look at other things as well. So healthcare is the next one, and healthcare is always high up when it comes to election time. I, again, and these are national numbers, if I have this correctly, 38%, or is it 28%? What is it? What's healthcare? Yeah, it's it's uh, yes, close to, to, to three and ten. So Canadians were, were presented with a list of about 20 different issues. They could choose the top three. So, um, you know, the fact that even for for a majority of people, many of these issues did not resonate within their top three means that there's no, you know, aside from COVID-19, there's no silver bullet, no one issue that, um, you know, aside from the pandemic, uh, Canadians are, are focused on. That said, you know, we typically don't see issues like affordability um, as high as it is today, particularly when it comes to housing. We know that uh, housing prices have been have been top of mind. Another interesting thing about this top list is that climate change, which was, I think it rose to number two in the last election, is now down to number six. Um, and and Tory voters, it's not a big driver for them. So, you know, of course, Aaron O'Toole came out with this, you know, plan or scheme or whatever, loyalty program, whatever you want to call it, um, because he's trying to woo voters from other parties, not necessarily because he's trying to rally the base of Tories, you know, for whom climate change just doesn't seem to be a... a well, if you're a conservative, it's a plan. And if you're a liberal, it's a scheme. Yeah, I, I guess so. It's, uh, you know, the devil's in the details there. And, and I, I was trying to read up about it. and I was starting to get lost a little bit. So, you know, there there is... Um, uh, I think there's going to be a challenge of simplicity there uh, for Aaron O'Toole to try to articulate what the plan slash scheme is to, to Canadians and and whether or not it, it has enough credibility to to woo you know soft liberal voters over it. That remains. To well, be I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and call it a plan. It deserves investigation as we head toward a federal election. But we look at uh, we look at housing. Uh, i.e., and looking at your numbers here, housing, i.e., affordability and availability, taxes, climate change, they're all tied at 17%. Yeah, that's right. And, and and driven by different demographics, you know, those uh, 35 to 54 year olds are always the most squeezed in affordability. They've got kids, they've got aging parents, they've got mortgages, they're paying the most taxes. So that really resonates for them. Climate change, obviously a more progressive issue, really important for NDP voters, for, for Green Party voters, and, and, and certainly for, for, for Liberal voters um, as well. And housing really resonating with younger voters, right? Those people for yeah, whom- of course. It's saving up for a down payment for a home, and they, they simply cannot save 
as as quickly as housing prices are are, are going up and everything else seems to be rising uh you know renovations uh food uh, gas prices are higher than where they were last year so a lot of people are just uh, feeling the squeeze not to mention many people are going uh, have been underemployed in the last year and making less so yeah. things to be getting further, uh, you know, out of reach for a lot of Canadians. So I'm looking at some others here that normally, or in past elections, were real drivers. The energy issue, including pipelines and gas prices, 6%, uh, only at 6%. The armed forces at yeah. 2%. Trade, 2%. Yeah. Relations across provinces, 2%. New technology, 2%. Drug abuse, 2%. Boy, I would have expected, or at any other time, Sean, those numbers would have, those issues would have been far higher up in the in the list. Yeah, well, we've certainly seen, you know, with the fentanyl crisis in in, in British Columbia, in particular, we we've seen those, uh, you know, drug abuse numbers higher uh, in terms of, of of what's worrying Canadians. Um, you know, trade, it, you know, doesn't seem to be top of mind for people. Foreign relations are almost, you know, seem to be non-existent outside of the the whole China issue um, right now. So uh, Canadians really not not focused on on those things. They're focused on things closer to the home. They're focused on their health, their safety, and their pocketbooks. And what is, is, is most concerning for the Tories right now is that on some of these issues where they traditionally, you know, ha- have led and, and need to lead in order to, to, to win an election, uh, I'm talking about issues of the economy, for example, I'm talking about issues of affordability, they, they're not, you know, they're a little bit ahead on the economy, uh, they need to be 20 points ahead, they're about seven points yeah. ahead. Uh, on affordability, they're, they're lagging the other party. So they just haven't been able to articulate a position that resonates with Canadians yet. And that is underscoring why they are, are performing so poorly in, in our polls. Well, moment. we'll see. Mr. Trudeau certainly has a choo-choo train of baggage following him. And when the election rolls around, that uh, that baggage car or baggage cars will be opened up. I think it's going to be one of the nastiest elections we will have seen in quite some time. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.